Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Sugaring with Spice. I am sparking up one of my favorite joints. It is a Bubba Gum with liquid diamond infused baby jeter. Now all the baby jeters are bomb, but bubble gum is my fave. You gotta light it just right. Perfect. So it's been a crazy, let's see, week, I guess. I got home from my trip on the 22nd, the evening of the 22nd, and I left on the 15th. Um, so it was about eight nights, if you count Valentine's Day, and I was booked, and I got to go on a trip, and I went to two different cities. It was super fun, very spontaneous. I'm very grateful to, you know, just be able to travel in general because, like, I always say even to him sometimes or to anyone who asks, like, oh, my God, you're 30 and you've barely, like, traveled. And when I was a kid, I did not even think that that was possible. Like, I thought traveling was for, like, really, really, really rich people and, like, my parents were not like adventurous and they weren't optimistic people and they put like every dream I ever had down. So we weren't taught to dream about going anywhere. We were taught to just stay put <laughs> and be happy with what you have. And they're very close-minded people as well. So they didn't want to travel the world. What did they care to see anything else? So I love traveling and I got my passport barely this year or 2022 and I've been to so many places already um, and it's just wild, you know, I'm very grateful for the experience, but I definitely fucked up in both cities that I went to and I definitely hit my rock bottom. That requires a puff. I definitely hit a rock bottom and I would say my last rock bottom was <clears throat> um, I would say December of 2020 like that was my last rock bottom and I stayed at that rock bottom for a while so I didn't come out of that I would say for a couple months so fortunately this rock bottom, I'm not staying in it. It made me realize like what I not only need to work on, but what I need to accept in my life. And I've never been, um, what is it? I don't know. I've never been vague about my addiction issues. Like I've put them out there. Like I used to be addicted to meth from like the age of 15 to like 20. And then I pretty much just started drinking and replaced it with that. And um, I started drinking heavily and blacking out heavily when I was 15, <laughs> literally when I, I started doing everything at the age of 15, every single thing I started doing. And um, 
I just excelled up the ladder very fast of the things that I tried. And I used to black out on a daily. Like if I wasn't, if I couldn't get my fix or if I wasn't on like a bender from like tweaking all fucking night, then I was blacking out. I used to steal alcohol all the time from grocery stores. Never got caught. Well, actually one time I almost got caught, but we ran. Got away. But like I have always had an on and off relationship with alcohol but my meth addiction definitely took over and alcohol was not a problem for a while but then when i got clean from meth and that was around 20 and then i started bartending when i turned 21 like i legit just it's part of like the culture and just like it's a part of society's culture as well and it's just so easily accessible and commercials are everywhere and you know, advertisements are everywhere, bars are everywhere, and it's ruling, like, the dating scene, because, like, where do you go to meet someone? Like, the bar, you know, or, uh, it's just wild, and it's come to my attention, well, it's not come to my attention, because I, my friends have already been doing better, like, I have two separate groups of friends that have already gone sober, and have been, like, attending AA, or, you know, just, even girls on Instagram that I used to dance with. Yeah, sorry, one just came to mind. So I just like got really excited. But like so many girls I know, like I've been sending me like, girl, these the apps I've been using and like I've been clean from Zans. Like, oh, I've been clean from Coke. Like, oh, I've been clean from alcohol. You know, everyone is struggling with something. And I feel like we're all coming to like some type of pivotal moment in society, an awakening, if you will, where we're all realizing that it's okay um to not like something anymore to take something out of your life because it's not serving you well and it's okay to for someone to not want to drink and also not have a problem i'm not saying that's me but i'm just saying like to choose to not drink is not um congratulated enough you know and i'm don't need people to kiss my ass i don't need anyone to hold my hand while i do this but I'm going 40 days and 40 nights, no drinking. Um, it all happened on February 22nd. And obviously that's 222. And the room number I was in was a four digit room number. And the last three digits of the room number were 222. Uh, this happened around 12:22 a.m. because the pictures that were taken of me during this time so that I could see what I had done were all taken within that time frame it's pretty trippy also in the beginning of this trip and I didn't tell anybody this until after what I had did or after what happened to me happened to me but when I first got to the second city that we visited um, I was approached by a woman on the street who I could tell was hesitantly like trying to approach me. I saw her do like a double take and I was, eh, you know, my peripherals are pretty good. So I saw her looking at me and like, I just, you never know in New York city, people are fucking weird. And so she ends up walking towards me after like kind of second guessing for a moment. Like I was like, is she trying to figure out if she knows me or like maybe she does know me from Instagram. So like I just gave her a second to figure it out. And 
I just continued taking my pictures because I was taking a few pictures outside at the time. And then she comes up to me and she's like, hi. And she introduces herself to me and I said, hi. And she's like, I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to come over here and introduce myself. She said, I really felt the need to come over here and speak with you. And I was like, oh, and she was just like, I like have just such a strong urge to tell you something. And she was like, I feel like a pull towards you. And I was just like, oh, like she was like, are you, I, I asked her, I was like, are you a psychic? Are you a medium? And she, cause I just like was trying to figure out, is this lady trying to fucking hustle me? You know what I mean? Like, let me just let you know right now. And so she was just like, I, she's like, I have gifts. She's like, but I don't do that. Like as a business or anything, she's like, I'm just like someone who's gifted. She's like, but I am not, I don't offer those types of services. And I was like, oh, okay. And she gave me her Instagram and it was like a normal Instagram. She had nothing about being like a psychic or healer, medium, anything on it. It was just normal Instagram. And she was just like, if you want to talk more later, like here is this. But she said, I just felt so compelled. Um, someone was telling me to talk to you. She said, I feel something very big that's going to happen for you in the next two days. And I was like, okay. And I was only there for two nights and she didn't know that. And she's like, I feel that something soon is going to happen to you in the next two days. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I feel like you're going to need protection. And I was like, protection, you know? And I was like, well, I do need protection because high key, I have a lot of stuff going down, you know, behind the scenes. And so I was like, well, yeah, that's a given, you know, but little did I know that it was going to be me needing protection from myself, essentially, because I did a lot of harm to myself. I did emotional damage to the people around me and it was so not chill, so not chill. And when we walked up right after that, um, we were just checking in at the time when that conversation ended. Um, I went up to the room and obviously was like, saw the last three digits of the room were two, two, two. And I was just like, ah, okay. But I didn't put the date. I didn't put the time. I didn't put that the day that we were checking out two, two, two was the day that we were checking out. Like I didn't know that until we were leaving the hotel that morning. And I was like, oh, it's 222. Oh, room blank 222. This lady telling me this stuff is going down. I'm going to need protection in two days. Interesting. Interesting. Let me look at these pictures because I want to look at the times again really quick. They're on my phone. Give me one second. Something stood about, about the pictures that were taken of me. Let's see. Mm-hmm. 12.21 a.m. is when it all came crashing down, apparently. <sighs> and so that's just weird. Like after midnight, you know, like on 2.22, like why didn't it happen at 10.30 or like 10, you know? But regardless, it was after midnight. It was on 2.22. It was fucking crazy. And I woke up with hardly any recollection I had to be walked through what I did and it was very scary and I'm scared to just say it and admit it but oh my god hold on
And it's not like embarrassing and I don't even feel like I'm going to cry because I've already like gone through those emotions and I've looked at the pictures of myself from that night in the aftermath and I've already <clears throat> shamed and accepted myself and realized, um, you know, that my life was in danger and only because of me no one else put my life in danger so let me clear that up right now um but yeah I had a horrible night I remember going to dinner and then I don't remember walking back to the hotel because it wasn't far and I don't remember this event like uh, at all all I remembered was someone's fingers being shoved down my throat and I didn't even remember that until I woke up in the morning and my throat hurt so bad it was just like like raw and just like I feel like kind of cut and apparently at the time when you know someone had to shove their fingers down my throat I was coughing up blood and I had taken a whole bottle of Xanax after a night of heavily, heavily drinking. And all day I was drinking actually. And then there was a situation at dinner that I was made aware of. And it was basically just something that set me off. It wasn't even that big of a deal, but it's what set me off apparently. But I didn't remember that. And I lost it. And I have a lot of triggers, a lot of trauma, a lot of things that I don't tell anybody about that I will never tell anybody about and they really manifest themselves in horrible ugly unsafe ways and I have hurt people physically I've hurt myself physically emotionally like I've done it all and everyone in my life has not really made excuses because I've been put through the ringer for my drinking over the years because it's been an on and off relationship and it's played a role in a lot of my relationships because I'm not a good drinker like all the time. Like sometimes I can be fun and chill, but other times I am like a madman and you know, it could have played or it definitely played a part in the relationship I just got out of because he and I love to drink and he can go off or I can go off. So it was always just like, which we were like minds and which one was going to get set off first tonight, you know? So alcohol has played a negative role in a lot of my friendships, my relationships and my family. And it's something that's been unfixable. And luckily this was fixable for me. And I don't know why I tried to kill myself. Like, I know what pain I've been in. I know what pain I hide. And um, it really surprised me because I didn't think I was that sad or broken or um, I didn't think I was that fucked up you know and like in the morning I was just crying like why am I like this you know like why and I was given so much understanding and love and compassion and I've been through some shit you know and 
I thought about going to rehab, not because I think my addictions are so severe, but because I feel like it's a, it would be the only safe environment for me to like be completely transparent and open and away from anybody who knows me and my problems and where I feel like I could just not start over, but I don't know. It just feels like a good environment because I don't feel like I could like go to therapy and talk about all this and like be sober and then come back home. Like I feel like I need to uproot myself from it all and leave sometimes. But you know, that's not like ultimately what I want to do. I'm just saying like it's not a bad idea and I don't see anything wrong with it or shameful or embarrassing about it. And like I've never been able to heal from all of the things in my life. So why wouldn't I give myself that opportunity? Like, I feel like people look at rehab like rock bottom and yeah, it can be looked at like that for some, but like, I don't feel like my, like I'm not waking up and chugging a handle of vodka like I used to. (laughs) Like I used to wake up and make martinis. I used to like go to the bar from sunrise to sunset and go to work, you know, like all before the dancing days, like all before my ho days, I was such a bad drinker when I was a bartender and life was lit. It was so much fun, but definitely not okay. And now I just am so mean when I drink, like do not fuck with me. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, if I drink and you're around me and you test me, you're not going to like it. And I'm working on that, but I'm saying that as who I am in this moment now. Like I am admitting that I have a severe hot button and if you push it, you will get burned. And I don't understand where all this like rage comes from when I'm drunk because I normally I'm so happy come across as happy even though it's like you know dark humor sarcasm all that here and there I'm pretty positive and I've done a lot of work on myself but like the work never stops and like I ultimately just like hate life without my brother um I hate the life that he and I came from. And um, sometimes I just really hate the skin I'm in, even though I'm so grateful for my body and the life I've built off of my body. That's not what makes me hate it. It's past trauma and pain that lives inside my body that makes me hate it and it is not a nice place to live (laughs) my body is not not a nice place to live sometimes and I know a lot of people can relate so many people struggle with addiction and um I just want to be open about it because 
I feel like I've coped for so many years, like 15 years, I've abused alcohol since I was 15 years old. I have abused alcohol. I have been blacking out <laughs> monthly since I was 15. And it's just not how I want to remember my life anymore. I'm 30 years old and I don't want to put myself in that pain. Like drinking puts me in a painful mindset. It takes me, it doesn't make my pain go away. It amplifies it for me. And I have accumulated, oh, excuse me, drop my joints. I have accumulated too much pain since I was 15. <laughs> like I didn't see a problem with it from 15 till, you know, probably I was 25. And then since I was 25 from 30, you know, I've been a little bit more conscious of it, known what my triggers are, but never been able to like give it up or do cleanses or anything like that. So this is a new, new era for me. And I don't know what my relationship with alcohol is going to look like after this um, 40 days. I don't know when I don't promise because I don't know. I'm just taking it one day at a time. Um, I have no interest in going to AA because I had to do that before for DUI classes and I know it, but it's, I don't know. I might try Zoom ones. A lot of my girlfriends do Zoom AA, um, which sounds cool, but that's not where I feel I need healing and help. I don't feel like I need a community of sober people. I feel like I need like shock treatment. <laughs> just kidding. No, I just feel like I need I don't know. It's really hard to pinpoint what I think is healthy for me right now. But I know that I am strong enough to decide what goes, what stays, who stays, and what direction I should go in. So that's definitely what's keeping me anchored and strong in this decision is I want a better life. I want to be a better person. I don't want to treat people this way anymore because you know, what I did to myself was only the second thing that happened on this trip. And it was so shocking each day. Like, it's not that I can't look at myself. I've gotten past that. And that's why I know it's bad. It's like, I don't even care. Like when I look at myself, like I don't even get embarrassed anymore. I'm just like, hmm. Mm. Like, I accept it. And, like, I just don't accept it anymore, you know? And I'm grateful that I had these experiences that literally fucking rocked me to my core. Um, because I don't know how much longer I would have been on this bumpy fucking road. And... I... You know, like I said, I'm not good at coping with the losses in my life and losing my 
one of my best friends, Morgan, aka Collins. You know, around the same time that I got dumped and ghosted, which doesn't hold any weight compared to losing her. But it's just shitty because I relate that person who abandoned me and dumped me this December that just passed to the same pain as when I first met him and my brother died in December. So like, he's been an extra pain in my ass during the times that I lost two separate people. You know, like I wish I never met him. I just wish I could take that back, but I can't, I can't. I'm just glad that he wasn't in my life um, because I know he wouldn't have been able to be there for me grieving my friend. So yeah, dodged a bullet there, but my drinking has become unmanageable and I need to accept that I don't turn into a nice person. Everything that causes me so much pain inside and everything I feel is unjust and all of the vengeance I have against people in my life, like I put it towards other people and it is ugly because like I said, what I did to myself is only the second thing that I did and it was the worst, but I got so out of line in the first city. Let me just tell you. Sparking another joint to tell what happened before I tried to kill myself. Crazy to even say that. And I was like, you know, causing a scene in the hallway before. I don't remember, you know, sitting on the streets of New York looking like the saddest piece of shit anyone has ever seen. Ugh, it's just nonsense. Well, it's not nonsense. It's some fucked up shit in my head, you know, and I don't need to talk about that because that's very private. That's very personal. But I will say that I have severe fucking PTSD, anxiety, depression. <coughs> Sometimes I have like, I think I just have dissociated so much. Like I think I go through life on a daily basis just disassociating, which is why I don't get a lot of things done because I'm living in like shell of a person and like I feel like this event like broke that shell that I felt like I was in a way like protecting myself and like suffocating myself in and I feel like that layer just was peeled off of me not by choice on this trip and it was one of the most painful experiences of my life. And it's like, how do I fuck up every single trip? Like, no matter 
what, but it's just true, you know, no matter if I go to a dinner with my friends, if I have people over, if I go here, like, I'm definitely part of the problem. It's not me every time. And, you know, there's triggers and things that can be avoided, but still, I'm definitely part of the problem. And now it's like, you can't say that I'm part of the problem because I'm going to be fucking sober now for 40 days, 40 nights. That's all I'm promising for now. And um, basically what happened the first night, which didn't make me, it made me watch my drinking in that city because this was the first city we were in. So I was watching my drinking after this, but then when we got to the next city, it was just another slippery slope and oh, none of that ever happened and cheers, you know? So yeah. Um, what I remember from my first fuck up was we were getting in an Uber, going to a strip club, and I put hands on the person I was with and started arguing with everybody in the car because everyone's faces just like dropped because they were just like, what the fuck just happened? And so... I was just like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We went on with the night like nothing. I remember going to the strip club. It was super boring. I threw like 500 bucks on one stripper because you just got to make someone's night. And we weren't going to stay there long enough to, you know, do multiple girls. So one night, one girl, whatever, you know, I don't remember. He told me like I was drinking out of the champagne bottle. I don't fucking remember that. Um, yeah, blacked out after I put hands on him. So then, uh, wake up the next morning, look at his face, and I'm just like, oh my god. Oh my god. Like, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen myself do. Because, you know, I have hurt people before, but that was intentional and they deserved it. Like, this was not intentional and this person didn't deserve it. Like, I'm just a fucking raging, violent asshole. And, like, I'm so aggressive. It's insane. And uh, I cried and I knew it wasn't going to be the last time that I hurt someone when I was drunk. So I'm just like, holy shit, like next time it could be worse someone could press charges on you there could be witnesses it could be out of your control you're traveling like get it together like what are you fucking thinking like you are risking the most and then i felt like i there was a foreshadow of this happening and like i jinxed myself because the day before one or two days before we were at a bar and i was just like for some reason, asked the bartender, well, because I was being aggravated, and I asked the bartender, like, what would you do if I, um, like, smack the shit out of this person, and he was like, I would kick you out, and I was like, oh, you know, he was like, even if it was justified, he's like, you hit him first, and I was like, god damn it, and then literally, that's what I did the next day. Or the day, two days after the next day, like, it was just, like, why did I even ask that? Like, why am I so vile and toxic and literally just abusive? 
and it's because I was abused, you know, by so many people in my life, physically, emotionally, financially, and I've withheld so much to myself, and it is the most painful thing to know now that, like, this is what that has made me and I think I've thought like because I've healed from so many other things and you know been sober from this and I quit that and you know I've done better for myself here that I was done and that I was like a finished product you know not with my life like my life I have bigger goals I know like hoeing is not the finished product version of me but I thought like I was the finished product. I was more of a finished product emotionally healing on this journey. And it just showed me that there's so much more to do. And I'm learning how to approach each thing separately because there's so many different things that I need to touch on. And I am not sure how to heal from all of this or what kind of therapy is going to work for me. Um, sobriety, if that's going to bring on new memories, because I truly have the best and the worst memory about certain things. And so I definitely think that that is like definitely related to me suppressing things and compartmentalizing and disassociating from it. Because I can remember, like, I am a movie freak, TV freak. Like, I can remember names, dates, people, places. Like, a lot of information, useful information I can remember. But I can't remember, like, a lot of the things I've done in my sex work career. Like, sometimes when I think about this podcast, I think about, like, what what story am I going to tell? And like nothing comes to mind. And it's like, have I blocked it out? Or am I just like keeping this from myself? And like sometimes I have to go through my old notes and my old journals and like, and then I'm like, whoa, like I don't even remember this guy. And it trips me out, you know? So I don't even, sometimes I don't, think that I remember my own pain and experiences and I think they just come back to me sometimes and it's kind of like why I don't leave my house a lot one because I spend a lot of money I'm either going to go eat and drink or I'm going to go shop and you know I'm changing my mindset around my relationship with my money as well um, during this time so And changing my relationship with life in general and what I want to do when I step out of the house now because I need to. Like, I love my fucking dream pink palace, but let's be real. I never fucking leave home unless I'm working. And a lot of sex workers struggle with that because we're so exhausted after nights and days at the club or, you know, if you're booked with a client, like, it can be draining for some. Some are more draining than others. It can be which emotionally draining on you because it makes you realize things about yourself and goals and, you know, where you fit in in 
this entire universe. I know that that's been something I've been struggling with lately. And um, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And I am ready to do better and move on from a lot and not make these huge mistakes anymore that I am committed to. Like, I cannot make these mistakes anymore. Like, I'm way too old for this shit. And honestly, I used to think, like, I wasn't, like, a fighter anymore unless provoked, which when I'm drunk, I'm going to say I was provoked, you know. Everybody kind of acts like that. But me, oof, I go off. And, like, recently I know I mentioned that, like, my mom tried to fight me in October and, like, we were at a bar and it got fucking out of hand. And, like, I walked away from her and, like, normally I wouldn't. And I said it was because I was sober and that is totally true. Like, I mean, I wasn't sober, but I didn't drink any hard liquor. I was just, like, drinking beers and having a good time. And she came at me sideways and I was fortunately not gone off, like, tequila. Otherwise, we would have got fucking down. And I thought you know, that was such a good sign of growth for me. And it was, but, you know, still more things are going to come up and I'm going to be tested. And I was on this trip and I failed and I feel so bad because I never want to put my hands on somebody unless I'm truly defending myself or someone else. But the way I have acted in my past has been out of pocket, but don't think that if you're any of my enemies listening to this, that I am going soft on any of you. Like, no, 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 no. Any beef that I have right now with anyone, still valid, still out there. I'm just saying that. I only feel bad for the person I hit recently. And if I've said anything else to, I don't know, make you feel like I'm talking about you, I'm definitely not. And yeah, if you're listening to this and you think I am, that's on you. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to see what I feel like after this 40 days because this is the longest I've ever been sober in my fucking life. Like in my life pre 14 years old, <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be huge for me. You know, I'm still smoking, but this is the longest time I've abstained from alcohol ever. Like I have at least like a dinner with a friend or a cocktail at home or something once a week. And like, I never just have one. So I would say I'm like a five to like, could be 10, could be 20 drinks a week type of person. Could be one sometimes, you know, I was really doing good before this trip. I was getting up early. I was going to bed early. I was working out. I wasn't drinking at home. Then I went on this trip and it was like, boom, all that went down the drain. And I was like, okay, well, you know, clearly that's not enough. So I'm actually going to drain all the alcohol from my bar at home. I'm going to turn it into a dab bar. I'm still going to keep a bar, but I don't need to like keep it where it is now. I think I'll change it, you know, 
but I'm still keeping all my like cute vuv glassware and ice buckets because you know mocktails exist and you know I'm not saying that I never will drink again but I did find a non-alcoholic champagne for the meantime <laughs> and I will drink non-alcoholic beer because I'm all about beer and if it doesn't have alcohol it's cool and like I have realized it's okay to be the one that doesn't drink at like the party or doesn't go out and drink like I am so much fun and if you can't handle me when I'm sober then you don't deserve me so that's all I pretty much have to say on this episode if you guys are struggling with any type of addiction alcoholism uh, abuse because you know that's where all of my shit stems from trauma I know that we're not alone. A couple of you have already reached out to me on Instagram after you saw like I wasn't drinking and told me how you've been sober and some of you have sent me books to read and you know I have to really thank my friends for rallying behind me at this time too. Um, Everyone has been so supportive and giving me their love (sighs) honestly especially Allie, Kristen, Serena and Britt. I love you guys so much and I'm happy that all of us are making this progress in our lives. So thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Sugaring with Spice. Tune in next time. Thank you guys so much. Love ya. Bye.